Hello, and welcome back once again to another episode of the Sports Desk podcast presented by the Statesman. Joining me, as almost always, is my good friend and editor, Jacob Nelson. Jacob, say hello. Hello. Uh, it's great to have Jacob back on the show. Um, he's You were actually on last week. It's just the Monday morning show. It's two weeks in a row. Yeah, two weeks in a row. Which Parker's is, kind of running the Monday morning show. Which, I mean, the two. I mean, it's not really. It's the norm, kind of to have you it's on. The norm, so it's not. Yeah. It's not weird to have you back, but it is good to have you back. Um, today on the show, we have, I think, a great show in store for you guys. Uh, we actually had a great opportunity to uh, interview some of our counterparts up at Boise State in preparation for the upcoming game. So we had a great chance to sit down with Lexi Almedo, the editor uh, or the sports content manager, I guess, whatever the title is for uh, for that position up at the the Arbiter, which is Boise State student paper, as well as Adam Bridges, a, a sports writer and reporter up there for the Arbiter. So it was a great conversation that we had with them. They had a lot of insight for their team, and uh, we talked about how their season's gone so far and uh, how this game's going to go. I thought it was a great conversation. I, I was really glad they were able to uh, make the time for us, so we really appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's a fun listen, but uh, first yeah. of all, bro, this is a big game this week, dog. This is a big game this week. So this is the fun part. So from the beginning, like basically as soon as I looked at the schedule, my thought was Air Force is the biggest game on the schedule because if we beat Air Force, it makes every single in-conference game after that the biggest game on the schedule. So following that logic, this is now the biggest game on the schedule. I mean, really, it's probably the biggest game on the schedule anyways, but... Right now, we're undefeated in conference, playing against the team that, yeah, they don't look super good, but they're probably going to bounce back. I mean, if there's one thing you can bet on, it's Boise State. Not that I'm telling you to bet on Boise State, but I'm not actually allowed to do that, so don't take my money. Yeah, you, you work for athletics. It's, yeah. uh, that would be uh, yeah. illegal. Um, yeah. But if, if there's one thing you can count on, it's Boise State playing good football. So if they bounce back, there's a good chance that this tiebreaker might matter later on in the season if we continue to play. So, yeah, like, like you said, Jacob, huge game this week. Yeah, well, I agreed with you that the Air Force game was so huge and it kind of set the, the bar because Air Force is usually pretty even-steven and they're like the second or the third team in the Mountain Division of the conference. And so it seems like the years that we lose to Air Force, those are the years that we finish third or fourth or fifth in the conference in the Mountain Division. Years when we beat Air Force, those are the years when we're in the upper echelons, fighting between yeah. Boise and Wyoming, and we've only won the division, the Mountain Division, once in 2013. But yep. that was the last time we won in the Colorado Springs and beat Air Force. Also, yeah. it was 2013. Yeah, and so, so good, good, good omen. Good sign. It's, it's a good omen, yeah. And so now it just makes the Boise game. Obviously, they have two losses, but none of them are have been in conference play, right? So if all of a sudden they beat us and they improved a two and two, and all of a sudden we're just three and one. They're still ahead of us in the conference standings, right? Yeah. And so, crucial game this week, and where we are happy to see Utah State football in a position where they're playing meaningful football. I know it's still only September, but a lot of people thought that we might just lose the first two out of three games, and then yeah. it would take some air out of the balloon to an extent, and that's not the case. Off to the best start since 1978. And yeah. yeah, so we're uh, we're excited. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that you know we're we're playing meaningful football in you know it's only <laughs> September um, because yeah that that is an accomplishment, um, but at the same time like only September. I mean we we talk about this kind of in the interview with uh, with our good friends up at the Arbiter, but 
three games in means you're 25% done with the season. So I think at this point it's a fair sample size to say, look, Utah State is legit this year. Week one, beating a Pac-12 team wasn't a fluke. Beating Air Force in, in Colorado Springs wasn't a fluke because we've, we've won three games now. Um, and we've looked pretty good in, in all three games, minus maybe the first quarter of all three games. And then just going along with what you said about Air Force, they, they're such a reliably good, maybe slightly above average team. They're kind of a Mendoza line um, from <laughs> baseball in the Mountain West. It's kind of like that line of ineptitude where you, they're, they're so reliably the same year in, year out, that you really get a good gauge of you know, who this team can be, whether or not you win or lose that game. So um, I'm feeling really good after, uh, after an Air Force win. And of course, I'm feeling good being 3-0. This hasn't happened in, like you said, since 1978. Long, long time. So being 3-0 feels good. And I, I wake up every morning and just, like, get to remember that Utah State is 3-0. And it's such a good feeling, and I hope every Aggie fan enjoys this um, until Saturday when we advance to 4-0. And then it's a whole new feeling. But really, like, I, I hope everyone's enjoying this as much as I am because three and being 3-0, it's not just impressive, uh, you know, for Utah State standards. It's impressive for, you know, any college football team. It's hard to win football games. It's hard to win three in a row. So, you know, there's not a lot of 3-0 teams out there left because they're all playing each other. So... It's a good feeling. I, I'm feeling great about it, and I, I hope everyone's enjoying it. Parker, I appreciate your optimism. Hopefully we are 4-0 now. But, yeah, you're right. you got to enjoy this now. There's, like, on Twitter and stuff, you see, like, these territory maps yeah. that, like, we <laughs> conquer. And yeah. so we beat Washington State, so we got a lot of their areas. And then we beat Air Force, so we got their area. And because we're out west and there's not very many schools around, yeah. there's this, this like massive space on the map that's like Utah State. Yeah. And I was like, that's. It feels good because usually yeah. we're knocked out of that week one, week two, and it's yeah. not as fun. So, so that's. Yeah. Enjoy that stuff. Enjoy while it lasts. Yeah, enjoy all that fun, goofy stuff about yeah. being free and out. Hopefully it doesn't turn into a giant Smurf turf, the territory, <laughs> after Saturday. But, yeah. yeah. Should, we, uh, should we jump in with our. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll be back for uh, more of our own analysis, more of our own breakdown on the game. But yeah, let's jump into our interview with Lexi and Adam. Like I said, they did a great job. We really appreciated them coming on. We really enjoyed the interview. So you guys, uh, let us know what you guys think, um, and let's jump in. Let's 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 roll it. Let's do it. You guys are still stuck with us in the Mountain West, and uh, <laughs> play every year. This year actually is the first time Utah State has played Boise State, where Utah State has a better record than the Broncos since 2018 and that was the first time since um like at least 1999 i gave up looking um so in, <laughs> like in this century since the year 2000 we've only had a better record coming into this game once and then again this year so how, how do you guys feel your guys' season has gone so far obviously you're you guys are one and two not right where you wanted to be so what's kind of gone wrong and how are you guys feeling yeah i think with we got a new head coach an entirely new kind of coaching staff and I think making those like adaptations and kind of with play calling and on offense and defense, I know our offensive coordinator has talked about kind of his plan and that it's still in the works, which is like, we're at that point in the season where it needs to start working um, and on defense too, but. Yeah, I, well, I definitely, like you kind of said, it's definitely not as how we expected the season to go. And I definitely feel like, well, Utah State has had, the pretty good season so far. So I feel like it'll be an interesting test for both teams to kind of see how it goes because just coming off a loss for us and you guys just coming off a win off of the Air Force, I feel like it'd just be an interesting kind of matchup, especially with um, – it seems like Boise State's trying to figure themselves out this year with, like, the new head coach. They're kind of just finding their identity. And it feels like Utah State already kind of knows what they want to do, like, identity-wise, and they already kind of know who they are. So it'd just kind of be interesting to see just – 
um, just see these two teams kind of go, go at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. And Lexi, I like your point of, you know, we're kind of, we're, we've played three games already. This is week four. Um, yeah. And that's not really a time you want to hear head coaches or offensive coordinators saying like, oh, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Um, that's one thing we've kind of had a lot of conversations about on our end. Um, you know, we're, we've only played three games and that seems like a really small sample size, but at the same time, it's a fourth of the season has already gone by. So for us, it's kind of the opposite where we're thinking, hey, we're three and oh, which sounds like it's a pretty small accomplishment, but we're a fourth of the way through the season. Um, and so to be to be that far into the season and still have so many offensive struggles and have your have your coach being like, oh, we're working on it. Um, it seems like a little too late. One thing I want to ask you guys and from what I know is you're one and two, but it's a little bit deceiving because those two losses were against really good teams and they were both really close games. So what were your thoughts on kind of what went down in first the UCF game? And then secondly, in the Oklahoma State game, specifically maybe the, the fumble touchdown that they called back and kind of just maybe how you guys have been unlucky or what's gone wrong early this season. Yeah, I think now that we're heading into conference play, I mean, we look at the past couple of years with Boise State and we've made it to the Mountain West Championship, regardless of a win or loss in that game. Um, I think we've proved to be really strong when it comes to the Mountain West. So I'm kind of interested to see how we do when we start playing those teams and everything like that. But with those two games specifically, um, I would say like really unfortunate. I would say it came down to definitely like our defense, but then plays on offense. I'll kind of let Adam go more into that. Yeah, you know, it was kind of it was kind of disappointing for uh, Boise State just to lose those games, especially in very close games, and to two opponents that seemed like it was like um, kind of high profile as well because we haven't played UCF or Oklahoma State in a while, so it just seems like um, it just seemed like it was just very disappointing for them to lose. And um, honestly, I feel like it's a good test to us though, if just kind of a wake up call, I guess lack of words for us to know that hey we haven't been able to finish these two games in like a high profile game so that's something that they definitely need to work on yeah and I think going off of that is like in both of those games our team has proved to start out so strong and like really get points on the scoreboard and then after the second half it's kind of like every that's when everything begins to shut down um so yeah I think finding that balance after halftime coming in and having that same kind of like start as we do in the first half. So I definitely want to talk about that, Lexi, what you just brought up, because that's kind of the exact opposite of what Utah State's been doing in their yeah. game. Um, but first, I kind of want to talk about something that Adam brought up. Um, and you talk about, you know, two of those games being really close and kind of being like almost a wake up call. Um, I'm wondering how how tuned in are you guys with the team and just with the program? Like, how's the how's the attitude around the program and even with the student section with, um, you know, not only uh, your one and two, which is kind of unfamiliar territory for Boise State anyways, because uh, you're usually such a great program, but also um, the, the games you did lose to. Uh, game one was against UCF, who then got the invite to the Big 12. So is that kind of like a frustration, a point of frustration, or is it something that you guys just kind of, um, you know, on to the next one, that kind of thing. Yeah, I know from either like having discussions or just seeing like what the team has been talking about or posting, they have a really positive attitude about it. And I believe from those, they're in a position where they feel like, yes, we've lost these two games, but it's going to make us a stronger team. 
and that they can only grow from there. And I know that's been kind of the attitude just around Boise State in general and with football and everything is like, okay, this is where they're kind of going to grow and get better from here, where I feel like in the past, yeah, we've had a really good start, but somehow we always lose like traction towards the end. And that's when we start like losing games we shouldn't be losing. So I think it will be interesting to see where we kind of go from here and whether it's given the team kind of that motivation to push through and like start bringing home wins and start winning games and stuff like that. Perfect. Yeah. Boise is such a, it's a, such a great program. And despite, um, you know, you mentioned like some of the, the new head coaching and kind of the, the learning curve there, despite all that, they're a well-coached team. And I think that's what, that what, that's what makes a difference between like a bad team and a good team or a good team and a great team is being able to take those losses and kind of play with a chip on your shoulder, but not to get too emotional about it and not to worry about who the opponents are and stuff. So it sounds like, you know, that's kind of exactly what I expected from such a dynamic, like professional Boise State program. So that's that's what I expected. You mentioned the flow of the game. Boise State comes out really strong and then kind of tails off. Um, in that Oklahoma State game, no one even scored in the second half. Neither team scored in the second half. Um, and Utah State is the exact opposite. We came out and we've um, given up a touchdown on the opening drive in two games. How do you guys think that's going to look where you have such a strong first half team playing against such a strong second half team? Yeah, I think ultimately, like, it's going to come down to our defense in the second half and kind of that whole aspect of it. And also with play calling on offense in the Oklahoma State game, like, I mean, that fumble for the touchdown, I feel like that was more on, like, a ref's call than it was on us. And then the field goal for Jonah, it was tipped. And, like, that, again, should have been a field goal that we got and should have, like, let us win. So. So I, I would say definitely like strong offense in the beginning, but then continuing like good playing, good um, play calling and good offense into the second half. But I think really it's going to come down to our defense and whether they can carry through in the second half. So who are some of the playmakers on your guys' team that will help you guys play better in the second half and um, stay in the game and potentially win the game? Um, do you want to talk about? Oh, yeah. Um, defensively. The person who's been absolutely tearing it up on defense is J.L. Skinner, number zero, the safety. He's led the team in tackles in the last every in every single game we've had. He's led them. Uh, he's basically been the heart and soul of this defense. And yeah. uh, for offensively, you know, we have Hank Bachmeyer, who has been kind of like one of the leaders on the team, as well as um, Khalil Shakir. So I would say that those two are like the offensive um offensive key players and for defensive it's 100 percent cool or jail, jail skinner. skinner and i would say riley Wimby too yeah. our linebacker those are those are two who have kind of been standouts um shane Irwin, i would say kind of goes back and forth a little bit but i would say those two riley and jl are for sure yeah. kind of carrying the defense right now <laughs> boise state always has super electric athletes i mean they recruiting they do a great job um, it's easy when you you win games and win championships to recruit. Um, you guys you guys always have a lot of really dynamic athletes. Um, but I'm glad you brought up Hank Bachmeyer. If it comes down to experience, we have a first year quarterback, Bonner starting, Logan Bonner starting. Um, it's his first year in the program, um, and so we both kind of have a brand new head coach. But at the quarterback position, Hank Bachmeyer has a lot more experience. How does that experience translate into playing against this Aggie defense that has actually been really really good this year? Well, yeah, you could you could clearly kind of tell a rookie quarterback to a 
um, like a, one who's been in the system for a while because they kind of feel more comfortable with the offense. And it's kind of, um, it's kind of scary with, if you have like a first year quarterback going against a like highly touted team. Um, I feel like uh, Hague in his first year kind of was kind of just like a little bit um, hectic, I guess. And he's kind of struggling a little bit in some areas, but he's able to pick it up and it just takes time for up uh, for quarterbacks. It's like one of the hardest positions on the field. And I just feel like, progressively as you go on you get more and more comfortable and kind of get more into the gist of things yeah that's yeah, i think so one thing with utah state is we've had a lot of new transfers come in and we've done a really good job of they kind of fit in seamlessly with the program but i think in some big games like against boise state now it'll be interesting to see um like a, they've never played boise before logan bonner and so it'll, it'll be interesting i think Hank has experience beating the crap out of Utah State a few times. And stuff. <laughs> uh, I want to ask you guys, obviously, the match of Utah State versus Boise State, if we're talking football-wise, it hasn't been super competitive. The last time Utah State won, I believe, was 2015. But just from your guys' personal perspectives, do you think there is any sort of a rivalry at all between Utah State and Boise State? Yeah, 100%. I would say, like, I know your guys' student section, especially during basketball season, is, like, insane with, like, heckling the players and stuff like that. Um, but I do think it is, like, a good matchup every year, and it's not, like, I know from my perspective, it's not like the team goes in thinking, like, oh, this is going to be an easy win. It's still, they approach every game as, like, this is going to be a good test for us, no matter whether they think they're going to win or whether they like think they're going to lose. Um, so, yeah, I would say, I would say there is a little bit of a rivalry there um, with other sports too, not just football. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like our schools are so close to each other and we play each other every year that I would say it's definitely, it's definitely developed for sure. Yeah. And I think Idaho and Utah, like the States kind of just go hand in hand a bit. So it's kind of just like, it's kind of fun when just a Utah team versus an Idaho team kind of just go together. It's kind of, I feel like, I feel like it's just very interesting. You know? Yeah. There's a little bit of that rivalry. I think that, I think that just about does it. I want to, I, I want to at least ask one more question that I don't know if you guys have any questions for us or if Jacob has any, um, but I just want to ask like, you know, I, I personally hate doing predictions, so I'm not going to ask you guys for like a, like a play by play, who's going to score first, like what's the score going to be. Um, but real quick, like, what do you guys think happens? Do you guys think that uh, Utah State can can protect the Mav and stay undefeated, or do you think Boise State comes in and uh, gets a bounce back win to start conference play? What do you guys? Uh, how are you guys feeling about this uh, this upcoming game? I think comparing like past seasons, I feel pretty good about this game. I think ultimately it's going to come down to like our run game has struggled a lot, and so I think like really focusing on that and then the defense as well so i don't know i mean we obviously want a yeah. state win <laughs> oh, right. oh, Utah State's win i think it's going to be a really good game it seems like utah state's having a really great season this year kind of like i said they kind of figured themselves out it's, it seems as though so i think this game probably um you know lexi knows this i'm a fan of my predictions uh <laughs> i think it's definitely going to go down to the wire i'm thinking probably like some wacky score like 33-29 Boise State or like something like that where it just goes down to like the very last drive, like something close. I definitely think it's going to be a good game to watch and a good one that I'm looking forward to. So we will see. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it's going to be close. I haven't been this confident for a Boise State game in in quite a few. <laughs> yeah. Um, really, I mean, I mean, 2018 was the last time I really felt good, and you guys beat us then. So, um, you know, I I really am not that good at you know gauging what, what's going to happen, but I do think it's going to be close. And Utah State has been uh, known to have some wacky scores so far this year. With they scored a safety once, they had a PAT blocked. So. Uh, some random scores that we've put up. So I, I'm kind of with you, Adam. I think it might be a, a weird score, and I think it's going to go down to the wire. I, if I'm being honest, I think Boise State's going to get it done. I think that the the Utah State offense is going to score points, but I think Boise just might have a few more play, playmakers. With I can see like Khalil Shakir just like take one like 60 yards down the field in the fourth quarter and just like break it open. So I got 38-28 for Boise State, but uh, should be a fun game. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you again to Lexi and Adam for coming on. Um, I think, again, I think that was a great interview, and I really appreciate them taking the time to uh, come on and, and meet with us virtually and, and talk some football. Uh, so I hope you, hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, got Jacob back here with me now. Let's talk some football. Let's, uh, let's talk what we think this game is going to look like. We talked a little bit about uh, what uh, Lexi and Adam kind of foresee happening, and we kind of gave our, our two cents as well. But Let's really dive in and see uh, what, what do we expect to, to have happen. The, the thing that I just keep thinking about is our defense. Um, they gave up over 600 yards of offense last week against Air Force. Yeah. And something about Air Force is they run the triple option and they run it so efficiently. Yeah. And so it's just because um, a defense relatively they perform poorly against a triple option team doesn't mean when we're going back playing a, a traditional spread offense team that they're going to play poorly as well. Yeah. But I will say I am a little bit concerned. One thing I'm really concerned about, Dominic Tatum got injured at Air Force. Yeah. Blake Anderson announced on Monday he's out for the season. He's done. And he was such a, such a massive piece just in that safety spot there next to Shaq Bond. Like, that was a pretty good back of the line for our secondary. Yeah. And so – now other guys are going to have to step up, and that's how it's going to have to be. But I think Boise State's too good of a team to, like, the North Dakota game, Utah State gave up three touchdowns in the first quarter, and then they shut them down, right? Yeah. If Boise State, they're too good of a team. If they've set that precedent of, oh, we're going to score three touchdowns on you in the first quarter, which I don't yeah. think they're going to do that. Yeah. But if they can, I think that's something that they can do a little bit more consistently. And obviously, like um, Adam and Lexi mentioned, They've performed really poorly in the second half, which bodes well for us. But yeah. even though three games is a pretty good sample size for our season as a whole, um, playing a Big 12 school and UCF versus getting back into conference against teams they're more familiar with, I guess, yeah. I think it's a little bit different. And that's probably they spend the entire week like, okay, how can we ramp it up in the second half, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't see Boise State – coming out in the second half completely flat-footed and yeah. so our defense they're gonna have to play solid for the first half because they'll get their stops hopefully there's enough playmakers to get their stops but like if you get behind early in the first half against these guys Boise State's too good of a team that I don't think outscoring them 21 to 7 in the final quarter so I don't know if that would even be enough I don't think you can fall behind that much against them that's what I thought about Air Force though it's true. I said That's, the same thing last week. It's I true. Said, that was like my number one thing. Like you can't afford to play from behind. You can't let Air Force go first. <laughs> and they did, and they won. So That's again, a like very good point. again, I mean, three games in, we've done the same thing. At what point do we? At what point is it just like, okay, look, they can do this now? 
Um, no, I, I totally agree, though. I think as we start playing better and better opponents, last week Air Force was the best team we've played. This week Boise State will be the best team of the season. You know, as we start playing more and more talented and, and deep and dynamic opponents, it does get harder to play from behind. So I do think you're right, but I, I don't know that I can write this team off. Um, if they do fall behind. We've seen them come back from double-digit deficits three times in a row, school record, never been done before. Um, this clearly, this team clearly has something in the tank where other teams don't. And I think that speaks volumes to Coach Paul Jackson. We've talked about him on this show probably more than any other podcast has talked about their own strength and conditioning coach. Paul Jackson and the, the grit that he has taught these players and, and installed in these players you can see it. It's tangible. You know, you can see where we get into the fourth quarter against Air Force, a notoriously disciplined team, and we just beat them. Um, so I, I think there there is something to say about being a second half team. Um, the thing that that concerns me about that, though, Boise is primarily a first half team, offensively. But you look at last week against Oklahoma State; they didn't give up a single point in the second half. If they can do that to this Utah State team, if the pattern continues, uh, that could be bad news for Utah State. If they can. Uh, if they can take a lead early in the first half, you know, score like they do in the first two quarters, and then their defense just takes them, takes them home. Yeah, they're definitely top to bottom on defense. They're more complete than Air Force was. But maybe a little bit more to your first point, um, the offense we proved in these first couple of games that we can score points in a hurry in timely fashions. Utah State is 8 of 11 on fourth down conversions this season. Which one? Which both of those numbers are high. <laughs> one eight divided by eleven. I don't do math, but I know that's a pretty high number yeah. of percentage of completion rate. And two, eleven divided by three. I don't do math, but that's a lot of fourth quarter, fourth down conversions per game, right? That's yeah. a lot of times that they are going for it, rolling the dice. But the thing is about this offense, like they've been able to get touchdowns when they've needed them, and Devin Tompkins isn't going to be any slower against Boise State. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And Logan Bonner, we'll see um, with his back and if he's 100%, and if not, Andrew Peasley's showing he's capable. But, <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, I don't think that Utah State's passing game is going to be completely shut down by Boise State. It's I not agree. going to come as easily as maybe it did in the Air Force game in certain regards. But I think our playmakers – on this team there's with Bowling and McGriff and Tompkins and I think that those weapons are still going to be there and routes are going to be run and catches are going to be made and points are going to be scored. Yeah I'm glad you brought up DT because first of all we need to talk about him every day of our lives. Leads um, the country in leads receiving the con- yards right now. Leads the country in receiving yards right now um, and that's that's kind of what I was going to say is I think you know you can you can talk about depth and and as a teams as a unit all you want but I personally think that Utah State probably has the best player on both sides of the ball um, in DT and Justin Rice and I think that's true against Boise State but I also think that's probably true for the rest of the season honestly uh, or at least for most of the games I think the most pl- the best player on both sides of the ball will be in a Utah State uniform um, because DT is one of the most dynamic and electric receivers in the country, like you said, leading the country in receiving yards, uh, which is not easy to do, especially not easy to do when you have two quarterbacks and one runs a lot. And then two, Justin Rice, who we will obviously we'll talk about him a lot more. Um, he's tied for first in the country in interceptions, and um, he's one of the one of the best defensive players in the country, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a bold statement to make 
And you can get into some arguments like, oh, maybe Kyle Shakir on Boise State can match GT's talent level. But if you look across the board, Justin Rice, he's the back-to-back -back Mountain West Defense Player of the Week. Yep. And he's dominating in turnovers and just you know tackles and just being everywhere. And you look at the rest of our schedule, and can you pinpoint one individual that's like, oh, yeah, they're better at defense than Justin Rice? And I don't think you can. I, so, I, I agree. I don't think you can. San Jose State, they have some really good players on defense. And, like, Riley Wimpy and Skinner on Boise State are really good. But, yeah, I think you're right with Justin Rice. And then Devin Tompkins, honestly, I could maybe argue that, but it doesn't really matter. I bet if you ask him, he's like, yeah, I'm the best. Yeah. He knows, and he, he knows and the truth. He knows. And he showed it, right? Yeah. And so and Blake Anderson would say the same thing. He knows. Yeah. DT's the best receiver in, in the conference. Yeah, he, he might just be 5'8 and 165 pounds, but that doesn't matter at all. Doesn't play it, yeah. He just he goes out, gets open, catches the ball, and he's faster than everybody else. So. Yeah, does not lack confidence and uh, does not lack the, the skill and talent to back it up. So He told me before the season, he's like, we're going 12-0. <laughs> That's what he told me, <laughs> right? Like, this is a kid that just leads confidence, right? And I've written a story about this, but amazing, amazing dude. He's... Yeah, my age. He's 21. He has two kids. One of his kids lives with him here in Logan, and he's a, an incredible father. So the fact that he's doing that, going to school, and dominating on the football field is just yeah. really remarkable. But such a confident dude, and it's so amazing to have a leader on the team like that. Yeah, that just has the expectation that we're gonna win. Especially, yeah, he was here last year, and. That didn't seem to, if anything, that was just fueled the fire for him. Like yeah. the dismal season last year, it just got him going even more, like m just more motivated to just go out and dominate. And like you said, like when he says, oh, I'm going to go 12-0, and 0, that's not just like a whimsical prediction. He's not in the business of hot takes. That's the expectation. Like he's, he's a leader on this team. He doesn't take that lightly when he says 12-0. and 0. I mean, obviously, I mean, he's not going to say anything else, but when a guy like DT says something like that, he means it. So... Whether or not we're going to go 12-0, and 0, we'll find out game by game for the next <laughs> nine games. But the, the thing that remains is DT's here to win games, and that's the expectation. That's not a hope for him. That's an expectation. And that's something that I actually kind of love about the new coaching staff. And we've talked so much because they've just changed everything, right? But so it seems like some coaching staffs, they, they'll make excuses like, yeah, like we're rebuilding, like we're getting going. Anderson, he's always like, no, the expectation is to win football games. Yeah. Like the, the expectation, now they've established it. So now everybody else is on board. Like, oh, this team is 3-0. They're not just rebuilding and trying to dive back into it. But yeah. it started with that belief that every single game we have a chance to win. And it's a simple thing to say, but something that isn't always truly believed. Yeah, and sometimes it's that, coach speak, sometimes it's real. Yeah, and I think that that is pretty genuine from this team even though it's unrealistic that they're actually gonna go 12-0 and 0 this season, their personal belief that they can be in every single individual game and you take it one game at a time, you get one degree better, that's kind of it's the kind of motto their, their that we've motto. been hearing, right? Yeah. Um, it can pay dividends, so. Yeah, and yeah, it might be unlikely that we go 12-0, and 0, but it was unlikely that we go 3-0. and 0. We're one game away from beating the spread on the full season, so they're already uh, defying expectations. Um, and I think one thing it kind of goes back to as well is, you know, you look at this team and they they expect to win. The coaching staff expects to win. Um, I think if you were to ask Blake Anderson completely off the record and if he were to give you a 100% honest answer, he would tell you he expects to play in a bowl game this year. That's not something that he just says. Like, that's his expectation. 
And so it goes back to like, what's, what's the exception and what's the rule? And you look, this is going to become very relevant in basketball as well, where in our, our basketball program had years and years and years of unrivaled success, just absolute dominance uh, under uh, Coach Eustacey, under Coach Morrill. And then we had some bad years under Tim Durier, kind of as we joined the conference. And then Coach Craig Smith comes in and kind of rebuilds the program. And so it becomes like, well, what was the rule? What was the exception? And a lot of people were giving, uh, in my opinion, too much credit to Coach Smith. And they were like, oh, he's building this program out of something that was bad. But the Tim Durier years, and I don't mean to be hard on Tim Durier. He's actually a great coach. He actually coaches up at Boise State right now. Sure. Um, as an assistant, but you know those those years were the exception for Utah State basketball. The rule is what Craig Smith was doing after, and what Stu Morrill was doing before. The expectation is to win conference championships, and I think the same thing is happening right now, where we're learning. Well, what's the what's the exception and what's the rule? Last year, 2020, we've talked about it. Uh, was one of the lowest points in in program history. Is that the new normal? Is that the expectation now? Is that the rule? Or is that the exception? In my opinion, if you go back to 2010, that's the exception. There was a couple bad years, uh, really two bad years that I can think of from 2010 to now. This is the expectation now. This is the new rule for Utah State football. We win games. We're bowl eligible. Uh, we want cam- conference championships. And if we have a bad year, that's fine. But it's not. we're not a bad football team with good years. We're a good football team with bad years. And I think that's what Coach Anderson Coach Blake Anderson came here with that attitude, and you can already see it with 3-0, um, already defying expectations, even some optimistic expectations that had us at 2-1 and one right now, or 1-2 and two right now. Um, Blake Anderson's not here to lose football games. He's here to build a program, a winning program. Yeah, I think that's extremely well put. Last year, 2020, the football season was the exception, and the rule is what Gary Anderson established in his first tenure exactly. in the early 2010s. Yeah and with all the, the talent produced there. And then 2018, they were 11-2, and two, and even 2019, they made it to a bowl game, right? Yep. And so I think something that people maybe forgot through it all was um, the talent level on already on Utah State's team. Um, it was down a little bit last year than from 2019 and 2018 without Jordan Love and David Wood- Woodward and stuff, but it still has matched the rule, the talent level. And so yeah. you look at this year, obviously, with Bonner and Justin Rice, like these transfers have really lifted the program. But if you still look at it, a lot of the guys that are performing incredibly were on last year's team. And they've yeah. showed that yeah. the cup the the cupboard wasn't completely bare of talent. Yeah, like exactly. ten ten of the twelve leading tacklers on the t- on the team this year were here last year. Yeah. Cash Gilliam was here last year. AJ Vomichon, who might be an NFL guy, was here last year. Uh, Marcus Moore, Shaq Bond, all, Nick Henniger, like the list goes on and on. All these guys were here last year. It's yeah. not just they brought in a few transfers that have completely lifted this team. Now, they have lifted the team, right? And we probably don't win the Air Force game without <laughs> Justin Rice and DT. Without Justin Rice. <laughs> or and, ju- Justin well, Rice, yeah. the transfer, yeah. yeah. But even, yeah, DT he leads the country in. And reception yards and he's yeah. been here for for four this is his fourth season right yeah and so now we are seeing them coming back to the rule and it took a boost from the coaching staff from additional transfers but it i think it just shows that the fact that there's still so much talent that was already here that's just performing better it just shows one what a coaching staff can do and two um 
last year was more than a fluke than anything. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think we have to just understand that, you know, 2020, you're going to have those years. Even we see, we see uh, our good friends to the south, the uh, <laughs> University of Utah right now, kind of going through a lot of the same things. Like, look, great programs, um, with, with very few exceptions, even great programs have bad years, you know. Utah is going through it right now, and, you know, they, they laughed it up at us last year, and, you know, it always comes back around unless you're Alabama, basically, is the only one. Um, but, I mean, that's the bottom line is you can have a great program. And, like, I was never worried last year when we were kind of in the depths of that. But even though I was never worried, I'm a little bit of an optimist, I've still been very impressed with what this team has done so far. Um, we've talked a lot about um, our own playmakers and our own guys. Um, this specific matchup, um, I kind of mentioned it in the uh, in our in our meeting or interview with Lexi and Adam. Utah State, as far back as I went, so at least in this entire century, has only gone into the Boise State game with a better record than the Broncos right now and into 2018. This doesn't happen very often. I think we have better players on both sides of the ball. It's tough to see. Like I don't know if we have a better team. I think it's it's a tight one. Um, just because they're such a good program, and it's hard to tell because they played really good teams so far. Yeah, no, Boise State, talent-wise, top to bottom is better. They've recruited better, and they got it. They just have to be deeper, right? Um, but the gap is a little bit more narrowed this year than maybe it has been because of what we mentioned before. We might have the best players on both sides of the ball, and that's something that maybe hasn't been there in the past. But I think that. The offense, Boise State's offense, they have a little bit of a three-headed monster with what they got going with Hank Backmeyer as quarterback and Khalil Shakir. I can't even say that dude's name right, <laughs> but he's such a stud wide receiver. He'll probably be drafted this year. And then their running back, George Halani. Yeah. So that's just that's three guys in three skill positions that are just household names that have been there a while, and they all yeah. have they had proven success throughout. And so. Anytime you put those three guys on a field together on the same team, like it's like, shoot, like this is going to be a really good offense that um, needs to be respected. And yeah. they got to figure out how to contain them. Yeah. No, I 100% I agree with that. And really, here's my like final analysis. Like, here's really what it comes down to in my mind. I think talent wise, the teams on aggregate at least are probably about even. I think their low-end talent is probably a little bit higher than our low-end talent, but I think, like I've mentioned before, our high-end talent, our, our DT and our Justin Rice, are probably a little bit higher than anybody they have on their team. In aggregate, I think the talent level is pretty similar, and here's what it comes down to. We have the momentum. They have the experience. Hank Bachmeyer has been there for, it feels like forever. I think he's like, <laughs> is he like a fourth-year senior? I don't know. He's uh, he's had our number in the past. Uh, like Jacob mentioned, he's, he's, had, uh, he's had his his fair share of beating up on Utah State. Um, but we have the momentum. We're 3-0 and for the first time since 1978. So it, it really comes down to momentum versus experience for me. Um, does our momentum edge out their experience, or does their experience find a way to win this game? We'll see. I think it's going to be a close one, but that's what it comes down to, uh, to me, is momentum over experience. Yeah, I think that that's well put. And like I mentioned, I would take – experience over momentum in this situation because I think Boise State is so solid top to bottom and I mentioned um, losing Dominic Tatum is a concern yeah and I think with the rest of the secondary and on the corners and Cam Lampkin and Hunter Reynolds and stuff they're I think they're gonna have to play the game of their lives I think so 
I think that the kind of the vibe and the pace of the game is going to be more similar to the Washington State game. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing right now. This week's game will look nothing like the Air Force game. That was such a crazy, wild <laughs> game that I've never seen anything quite like it. This will look a lot more like a normal football game where both teams play the game that they have planned. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see who has a better game plan and who can execute better. I just got to say, thank goodness it's, it's not a pink out anymore. Yes. The herd was trying to make it a pink out. Yeah. Um, Wear blue. Wear blue. Come on. Actually, I went and I asked one of the herd people up here, okay, what's going on with this pink out? And they were like, well, actually, athletics told us we're not doing it anymore because it's not not October. And it's the biggest game of the season right up there with BYU. You and me both think this one's probably bigger. Um, Why do you wear pink on the biggest game? you got to wear school colors, right? Are Are you saying that because I'm wearing pink right now? Yeah, you More are pink hoodie right yeah, It's a fantastic hoodie. <laughs> are you Just... calling me out? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I agree. I think the big game's got to be, yeah, wear school colors. Wear yeah. blue. So everybody, be there. Wear blue. Be there on time, guys. It's a 10 a.m. kickoff. That be there on time. That might be a struggle. That might be a struggle. Be there wearing blue. Yeah, it'll, it'll be good, though. And like you said, they, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they, uh, they got that. And the student section is still on the, the Boise State side, so uh, be loud. Have at it. <laughs> Yeah, give them hell. Don't don't cross the line, but uh, don't yeah, give them an yeah. easy time either. Don't, don't cross the line, but give them hell. All right, so that's all I have on, on this game, really. That's kind of my my full full breakdown. Are you sticking with your 38-28 or 38-28, give or take? Give or take. Okay. But okay. I, I'm sticking with it. Okay. I'm sticking with it. Okay. Um, that's all I have on that game. Let's take a quick look around, uh, take a look at some of the other games in the conference coming up. All right, so on Friday night, we have UNLV going up against the Fresno State Bulldogs. Fresno State coming off a huge win against UCLA, and UNLV coming off another big loss because they're UNLV. not very good this year. Um, and then Saturday, we have our very own Utah State Aggies going up against the Boise State Broncos at 10 a.m. On CBS. On CBS. So... If you're not in the Valley, if you live more than two hours away, you have my permission to watch on CBS. If you live more than five hours away, that, you yeah. have my permission. <laughs> There's like 2,000 seats Everyone that are still else unsold. Come on. Get Come to on. the game. Get to Logan. Get to the Valley. Uh huh. Well, yeah, where else Pack would you want to be? The, the Valley is beautiful right now. Oh, man. The, uh, fall time the is around are, the corner. Yeah. It's starting to turn right now. If you live anywhere south of Logan, if you live in Ogden, uh, Davis County, Salt Lake County, you get a drive through Sardine Canyon, and it's oh, gorgeous this gorgeous. time of year. So, um, And then we have, uh, after, after, after that game, we have um, San Jose State playing Western Michigan. Both teams are 2-1. Fun matchup. That will be a fun game. Um, San Jose is one of those that I've just been kind of confused about all year. So another game yeah. where we will learn probably a little bit more about San Jose. Um, it's really hard to get a read on them so far. Um, and then Colorado State will play Iowa. Bless their soul. That is a tough one. Iowa is ranked fifth in the nation right now. So yeah, yeah we'll, I, I we'll think the Hawkeyes bring the hammer in that one. Yeah, that one's. Uh, yeah, that one will be exactly what it is. Colorado State's about to get ran. Nice. <laughs> Nicely done. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, then we have Wyoming playing UConn. Wyoming 3-0. They got a vote for the AP poll this week. Um, I, like, I, again, don't know how. They're the highest scoring Mountain West team. They're 3-0, so there's a lot of things in their favor. But Them pokes have been um, playing cream puffs, though. Yeah, they, they have. Montana State, who they barely beat. Northern Illinois, who they barely beat, and then Ball State, who they really took it to. But that was an impressive um, win over Ball State. I'll give them that. Yeah, I'll give them that. And then so UConn's 0-4. Um, they're a basketball school, so 
Wyoming should uh, should take care of that you know, one. UConn's football program's falling apart. Can their coach after like the second game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After he said he's going to retire, and they're like, "No, you're actually fired. you're actually out." Um, and then San Diego State uh, coming off a win against Utah will play Towson. They are one and two. Um, Air Force will be playing Florida Atlantic, FAU. Hawaii will be playing New Mexico State, and then New Mexico plays UTEP. Both teams are are two and one. Um, that'll be an interesting game because be, both those be teams are not game. good at football, and it's kind of <laughs> regional, you know. Yeah. Down there in the southwest, we got El Paso and Albuquerque. Yeah. So outside of Utah State, Boise State, what's your must-watch conference game of the of the week? Oh man, you know, I, there's not a whole lot of. This one's tough. This one is a, a lot of lopsided games. Yeah, last last, <laughs> last week's week slate was, was good, much more compelling. I I might say Air Force against Florida Atlantic which just maybe because I'm really fascinated to see how Air Force responds. But Florida Atlantic is a team that has athletes. And, I mean, they're not – you don't look at them and you're like, oh, man, they're great at football. But, I mean, they got dudes. And yeah, FAU is good. Like, they're, they're one. They're in the Conference USA right now. Mm -hmm. um, they're one that's kind of – it's rumored that they – the American might want them. You know, they're, they're definitely a program that's on the up. So, I, I agree that was probably going to be mine um, had you not taken it. So, yeah, FAU, Air Force – all right, well, I should took be, that one. Should so be a good game. What you got? Um, I also just noticed Nevada doesn't play this week. They got a bye. They have a bye. So, All right, so you got so you got to pick someone else. Nevada's on a boy on a bye. Um, I gotta say my my must watch. Um, it's really lopsided. I guess all the remaining games are pretty lopsided, but I gotta go Fresno UNLV. Um, Fresno State is representing the conference well. Um, you hope they can get that win. If they lose, that's a bad loss. Not only for the Bulldogs, but also for the conference. Like, yeah, it's a good win for UNLV, but it doesn't benefit the conference at all, even though they're in the Mountain West. Um, I, you kind of want Fresno to just run the table, um, you know, get get some it, – it's good for the conference. That's probably my must-watch. If Fresno State loses UNLV, we'll go down to Andrews, and I will buy <laughs> a clean the sink, and I will clean the sink all by myself. Okay. I'll hold you to that. Yeah, if I'll UNLV you wins that game. Okay, that's fair. The, 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 it's not going to happen. Yeah, that, one's, uh, that one shouldn't be close. Um, I'll also, uh, my second, but, if I didn't choose the uh, FAU, AFA, I would say San Jose State that and was Washington, Michigan. That was my second, too. Yeah, because yep. that game actually could be pretty competitive. Um, yeah. Hopefully the Spartans are able to get it done. Is that one, is it in California or is it in Michigan? That one is in Michigan. Well, just yeah, so they got to go on the road. The West Division is really kind of throwing me off right now a little bit. Yeah, for sure. We'll see. Then, um it's worth mentioning just really quick. You probably mentioned this on your, your Monday morning show, but Utah State avoids, like, the three best teams yeah. in the West this yeah. year. Yeah, no, we we got lucky with our yeah. in-conference in schedule. They don't have to play Carson Strong in Nevada. They yep. don't have to play the Bulldogs, and they don't have to play who's the third team. San Diego State. They don't have to play the Aztecs with their scary defense. So. Yeah, so hopefully we play one of those teams uh, at the end of the year. And that's – that's one of the reasons why it makes the Boise State game even bigger because if they win this one, that it, all of a sudden you beat Boise State and anything after that, if they don't win the division in the conference, you yeah. could almost chalk it up. A failure is a very, very strong word. Yeah. But they had to establish themselves as like, okay, we're at the peak now because yeah. if you beat Boise State, you should be the best team in the Mountain Division. Yeah. And there's no teams in the Pacific Division Besides San Jose State, UNLV and Hawaii shouldn't slip us up too much. So Yeah, and if we beat Boise State, we'll then have the tiebreaker against two of the top teams in the division. 
So exactly. You still have Wyoming to worry about later on. That's probably the only other team that uh, has their eyes on the division title right now. So uh, if you can if you can beat Boise State and Air Force in back to back weeks, it's almost like buying yourself a loss because they both then have a loss to you. So by gets you a little bit of wiggle room, uh, and then you just have to worry about obviously game by game. But then it's probably just Wyoming. So I just don't lose the pokes. No, we don't. We're gonna hold on to that bridge of rifle. Yeah, we'll keep that. We'll keep that uh, bridge of rifle. Um, so that's that's all I have for this week. Um, Jacob, anything else? I don't think I got anything else. All right, buy tickets. There's still some tickets available. Buy tickets. Be there. Be there on time. Yeah. Also, shout out to the the soccer team. You gotta oh, mention right. this, but they took down BYU. What a massive win! I was trying to watch that game during the football game, and like couldn't believe it. When, yeah. Uh, when they when they uh, got that golden goal to win two to one. So yeah. They start Huge conference win. play this week. Volleyball starts conference play this week. Um, so, yeah, it's a really great fall so far for all Utah State athletics, and yep. obviously it's headlined by the football team. But uh, yeah, some of the, especially some of the, the women's teams, are doing good stuff as well. And then basketball season starts in like seven weeks. <laughs> yeah, six or seven weeks. So it's just, just going to come up. We are right there. November 9th, UC Irvine. Perfect. In the Mav, not in the Mav, in the spectrum. <laughs> in the spectrum. <laughs> Perfect. Um, that's all. That's all I have. Um, go Aggies. Right. Yeah, y'all take care of yourselves.